0: and welcome to yet another episode of Hannah This, the self-help podcast that just can't help itself. I am one of two Hannahs, Hannah Hart, and today I am joined by not only our other beloved Hannah, Hannah Gelb, but also by Elliot Morgan, formerly of SourceFed, currently of The Valley Folk, and he has a new comedy special called Holy Shit out on Amazon Prime, but most importantly, boyfriend of one of my best friends. Enjoy!
1: Wow!
0: Oh, yeah. wow, we did you it. Were, that was
1: so good. What a professional and succinct intro.
2: Oh, Hannah's so good. On her yeah. worst day, she's still so much better than I could
0: ever be.
1: It's yeah. It's almost like you've been doing this for a little bit of time. No,
0: uh, on my worst day, there is no podcast <laughs> episode because I I don't feel guilty for just not doing my work when I'm sad.
2: No. <laughs>
1: No, it's a free pass every time. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. I have so many questions. I, obviously, Hannah Hart, you have met Elliot in person. I have, yes. But this I is have the first time Elliot. I've ever seen him. Okay, so I would like to know how you and Grace met as a person who has <laughs> been uh, single for like 40 years now. I'm <laughs> like, oh, does that happen still? <laughs> That's, I
1: know. No, I don't think it does.
2: <laughs> are you,
1: how are you, Meet first of all, are you on the app's? before um
2: i have been on the apps and then i kind of uh, bitterly swore them off
1: um, are you on them okay so you're not on them right now so
2: i would i would prefer to meet someone in real life you know at a farmer's market a uh, meet cute a uh, meet cute <laughs> yeah she
0: wants to like bump heads into someone as they both reach for a fallen item on the ground and oh then be my like, goodness yes, yes.
2: Oh. absolutely click click click
1: you need to start carrying around a very precariously tall stack of books everywhere you go.
2: Oh, my God.
1: And that's how Grace and I met. That was I was carrying around some books and she knocked into me and, you know, our eyes met. Um, no, we <laughs> met back when I was a source fed, which would have been 2012. A very, very, wow. very long time ago now. So I what, think and she came in at like 6 a.m. SourceFed, source
2: fed you speak of?
1: SourceFed was a Google-funded YouTube channel started by Philip DeFranco, uh, where we did news comedy for a bit of time, and then they expanded to do all sorts of fun nerd content. Uh, news
0: comedy is just how I refer to all of the news. <laughs> it is,
1: isn't it? I mean, have you, oh, well, today, and in today's age, but also specifically today, I don't know if you guys have been perusing the news. It's terrible. It's, uh.
0: You know, I have a policy about my news intake and, in fact, my entire relationship with social media, which is probably why I'm not, like, the best at my job. But I don't go online during the day unless I'm, like, looking something up or trying to contact a friend. I don't like to browse Twiz- Twitter in the morning. I don't Twiz- like to Insti- Twitter. <laughs> I don't. I don't go on Instagram. Like, I don't. And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, when everyone's done, I read Reddit, and that's where I get all my news, because by the end of the day, usually the facts are there, and it's not just reaction. Right. You
2: know, actually, it's kind of—now I would say it's almost better to read at the end of the day than the start of the day, because you don't want to just start your day off like, well, it's all hopeless (laughs) or doomed. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, you say that, but I keep doing it for some reason. (laughs) I keep thinking this, this day will be different. And then, uh, today I was like, what am I doing? It's just, yeah, it's uh, starting your day with uh, a lot of sadness. But anyway, uh, Grace and I met and it was, we were buds and in the same circle. It's that whole YouTube, uh, incestuous. You know mm-hmm. Ring of people Oh and, you were uh,
2: friends first
0: Oh how delightful I mean I
1: guess you would say That's the cute thing to say We'll go with that
0: <laughs> yeah. uh, We'll go with collaborators We'll go with Has Have collaborated Yeah there you go Collaborators time time. Yeah That's it Look let's get Let's get this I'm pleased. Let's get this podcast I'm, I'm On track I'm satisfied with that story
2: yes. Oh okay So, Oh
0: are we doing you know? A podcast right now <laughs> Yeah What are your intentions With Grace Helbig <laughs>
1: What are my intentions? For we want to know so how you
2: are going to care like for us.
0: Grace. Yeah, and a long enough timeline. Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: she is the best. Uh, you know, here's the thing. I know. You know,
0: he's been married, Hannah.
1: I've been married. So when I met Grace, <laughs> oh. I was uh, married at the time. I left that part out. It sounds less romantic. But, no, I'm digging uh, it.
0: It's like you've
2: been knocked down a peg or two.
0: How old were you when you got when you got married?
1: I was 20 years old. Anna.
0: Wow!
1: I was 20 years old. I was a baby boy. I got engaged. when I was 19.
2: You couldn't even buy a drink yet.
1: No, and our we had a, so we had a dry wedding. It was. Uh, I'm sorry for the people that were there. In hindsight, <laughs> I'm sorry. At the time, I was like, "This is fine. No one needs drinking." Uh, what a you know young. Do you, 90s just, uh, do you
0: have like a can? Did you have like a candy station? play board and, like, games.
1: We uh, we all held hands and we prayed for a while. <laughs> we read the Bible and uh and that was our version of a party. Um no, yeah, I was married for I think oh god, uh 7 or 8 years or something like that. And then left source wow. fed did the divorce thing, did the existential crisis thing and uh and now my uh now I don't have that going on, which is way better. That's
0: wow. good.
1: <laughs> Okay, and also to answer your question real fast about my intentions with Grace, it's I figured it out because I was like, this is putting me on the spot. Uh, It's basically just to do as much as possible with her and travel and have so much fun because this whole quarantine thing has like as bad as it is. It's been just so great to just spend time uh, with her and and be around her all the time. So the fact that we haven't gotten sick of each other is uh, very nice.
0: That's uh, a big, I would say that's a big sign. Oh, my Do God. Intentions
1: yeah. are, are everything and for her to be, uh, you know, happy and productive.
0: And oh, I, I genuinely didn't expect an answer. That is oh, so really? sweet. <laughs> yeah, I was just joking.
1: Well, I feel like <laughs> leaving. Oh, oh did you? Gosh. Oh, sh- well, there we go. Now, that's the Wait, first thing that we need to cut out of this nope, podcast. Nope,
0: uh, not <laughs> not even a little bit. Uh, oh, Gail, my gosh. You know, your
2: question? You know, Elliot. Okay, first I have to say. I've just met you, but I think you're going to go on my list of quality men that I know. Wow. So far, there's four. You're going to be number five.
1: (laughs) Don't watch my special, then. (laughs) Don't watch the comedy special.
2: But I keep the list to try to keep just that one little part of my heart from remaining frozen over. But my question is, I'm so curious because now, you know, like 60 years ago, people get married at 20 all the time, but now it's oh, it's so rare. So may I ask, like, what made you feel like, yes, we are ready, this is the time, and we want to do this? Yeah, and- did you
0: know other people that were getting married at, at 20? Yeah,
1: um, that's like a $64,000 question, because I have spent so much time in therapy trying to to kind of figure out what exactly the, the reason was for it. But, um, you know, I was very young, and I grew up in a very conservative uh, background, and was like, I think a part of me... On some level was like, if I do this, this makes me an adult. And then Mm. then I like can also bypass all the pain of having to actually grow up into an adult. I was like, I can skip all of that and just go straight to being 35 years old, uh, which was very silly and naive. And it's strange that like it all happened. Like everybody was cool with it because uh, I have relatively normal not relatively very normal parents for the most part. And uh, it was Yeah, and it's so surreal. And it also this and I hate to say this, because it sounds like I disregard that time, but I don't really right. remember a ton of it. And I think it was just like they say your prefrontal cortex doesn't form till you're like 25. Mm-hmm. Um, which was around the time that I got a uh, the divorce. So I, I think that was a lot of it. I think it was just a kid. And I didn't know what I was doing you know, trying my best, but uh it was not Almost like
0: a security right. blanket. You wanted to enter into your adult life with at least one assurance. Hannah, you know?
1: that is such a great way to put it and that's better that's so again more succinct than what I said, so <laughs> thank you. Uh yeah, that's exactly what it was, a security blanket. That makes total sense.
0: Wow. Yeah. I'm so yeah. fascinated from a therapy point of view. Seriously, I'm fascinated too. I mean, yeah. frankly, Elliot, we, we here at analyze this. We we love to analyze.
1: I mean, <laughs> dive in. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I was excited and nervous to be on the podcast because I I didn't know I was into like the psychology and therapy stuff till I like started reading all the books and like because when I went through the d- divorce, I was like I need to figure myself out and you know do all the soul searching stuff. And so I consumed so much self-help stuff and I was like, maybe Mm. some of it will stick. But then as it happened, a lot of what stuck was just like being fascinated with how people's brains work and like what Mm. led me to do what I did, Mm -hmm. uh, not just in the marriage, but also in the divorce and like where, you know, what, who I was basically. So yeah, all that stuff is really, really fascinating.
2: Yeah. I'm so fascinated that you felt this like pressure almost or this like need to be an adult when like you know that that was just that was just gonna happen anyway. There's no way you could you could not turn into an adult. You know, like you were already.
1: Well, yeah, maybe I don't know. I but, think uh,
0: well, t- there are
2: some people who never become adults. It's true. Uh I still am trying to be one myself. <laughs> yeah, we're all working hard.
0: <laughs> well, it's interesting because I think that like a lot of people, not to generalize, but I think that the urge to. Bind your life to another's. The, that, that comfort is a way of entering into adulthood, not alone, mm-hmm. you know, and whether or not you have the support of your family, whether or not you feel fully prepared for the pressures that are ahead of you, or you, if you could even imagine handling these pressures as an individual— I think a lot of people kind of gloss over that when we talk about like younger people getting married. We're like, oh, I guess there's nothing else to do. You know, it's like, oh, they're going to get married and start having kids because they don't have a lot of options in life. But really, it's like also a big part of just that reinforcement of the idea that you're not whole alone. Oh, yeah, for
1: sure. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. a great point. I think. Mm Uh, I'm sure that lines up. I think a lot of it, too, was just like there was a sense of wanting because she was great, too. My ex is a wonderful human. We were like best friends all growing up. And so there was this feeling of like, I didn't know how to break up. Like I'd never Mm. broken up with anybody. And so my first breakup was a divorce. So I learned really (laughs) quickly. I was
2: going to say, so your first breakup was a divorce. (laughs) Dude, that's metal. Metal.
1: it's a, like <laughs> yeah,
2: fucking yeah. It's <laughs> fucking
1: cool, dude. It was
2: <laughs> That's like punk rock. I mean you should write a song. Yeah. My first breakup was a divorce. Wait, sorry, side note. Do you like the Avid Brothers?
1: I they come up on my like Spotify Discover, but I don't really know anything. They have about a song
2: called Divorce Separation Blues and it's like super amazing. Okay, I know divorce this was like six, oh, really? seven years ago, but <laughs> it's yeah. awesome. Oh, oh. <laughs>
0: it's great. Um, you've been a part of not one, but two groups, you know, SourceFed and then the Valley Folk. And I guess I was just a little curious, you know, given that you are with Grace Helbig, are you familiar with the term heart big? Oh my God. Yeah. yeah.
1: I, is this a uh, thing where- I'm going
0: to ask if you ever had any, like SourceFed Valley Folk fanfic written about yeah, you and yeah. guys.
1: Yeah, yeah. I don't remember it, but back in the day, there was some stuff, but my stuff was always like, not sexy at all. It was always what? very oh my God. like...
2: Was it like Elliot put a comforting arm around Steve? Exactly, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Elliot gave no, a firm a handshake.
0: There's a Steve in the group. Whoa. There's a
2: Steve. Oh, yeah,
1: I thought you knew that. That's great. I was like, you did your research. Oh, my, no. Oh
0: my God. No, no, no. no. Um, no, no, no. I, that's I, just my fan. I told Hannah I was going to make a heart. joke right away. Wow. Yeah, that was the research. I was like, Elliot's great. You're going to love him. Also, I'm going to make a joke about heart Big, to which Hannah cackled. And said, why don't we have
1: fanfic Hannah? Is it still happening? Do you guys still get like updates on it? No okay. God
0: no, not since like two thousand fifteen. But I was just so curious to see if it was like just all internet ships set sail, because as you noted, Hannah Geld, there's nothing between two Hannah's fair, I'm correct, a little hurt, but it's fine. <laughs> here's here's the Hannah here's the Hannah on Hannah Fanfic. They were old. <laughs> Their Jewishness had taken over. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, it was probably like, Hannah Gell oh, and Hannah Harbour, pocket. watching Sailor Moon. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Very attractive. Hell, I mean, like,
2: I'm... Woof, woof. Heating up. <laughs> I'm
1: in a cold shower.
2: I'm sure there are still some hard big truthers out there, even now.
1: I bet they have font fa- I bet they were like, I went through, there's someone out there who is like talking to their therapist and be like, I did go through a phase where I wrote fan fiction about Grace Helbig and, and Hannah Hart for a while. I have not read it as part in this new in being in a relationship. Any
0: difference. of your source fed stuff? You've never read any of like, or not, violent Folk? You've never oh, read Elliot fanfiction?
1: No, I meant yours and Grace.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was only using, I was only using that as a segue point into bringing up whether or not there was like a good juicy tidbit there that was like, it was late. The studio, the source-fed studio or the Valley Folk studio was closing down.
1: Phil DeFranco was doing the news in the side room and he <laughs> said, I heard him say, sup, you beautiful bitches, and I knew he was going to be mine.
0: <laughs> Elliot spilled iced coffee all over his shirt. Oh my God. And ripped it off. <laughs> oh, coffee, I'm so into this too. story.
2: Isn't like, it good? Dude, <laughs> yeah. Took a yeah,
0: turn. Yeah, we could... It's so great. I mean, it's so great because people and I remember being a like preteen, and you just think all adults have abs. <laughs> did I, Did anyone else think that? I just figured all adults because I'd never seen naked adults. Right? I was just like, oh yeah, you know, adults. You know, full of muscle. I don't ripped.
1: know that I knew that I thought abs specifically, but I do think one of the reasons in this one of the things about this quarantine that I have enjoyed is I've started like working out at home for the first time ever, which has been really amazing. But I'm not I'm terrible at. But uh, it what led me to do that was in my mind, I realized that on some level I just assumed I was gonna get a more attractive, a better looking, stronger body, like I like an adult. Right. Like I was gonna grow in to right. a better looking or better healthy person. And I was like, oh, apparently I have to do it and I have to do it. Oh my God. Like, yeah. <clears throat> Very I totally dumb.
2: understand. <laughs> I, I often will be like confused when I see my reflection. I'm like, why don't I look super ripped, even though I don't exercise ever? Yes. <laughs> I, just, I just thought that I was just gonna get that. It was just do a do, yep. you know, a matter of course.
0: I wonder if it's like a slightly narcissistic gay thing that, I, like, because for me, when I look in the Probably. mirror, I'm like. Yeah, I'm huh, looking good, you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, okay. I'm like, ooh, I should work out, you know? And I'm like, yeah, go team Hala. Um But at-home workouts are, well, at-home workouts are you doing? Team one, team honestly, two, That's
1: really, yeah, I mean, see, you got it. I would do that too, though. I would look in the mirror and I'd be like, this is fine. And then one day I like caught <laughs> the angle and was like, I'm lying to myself. That's not good. <laughs> I've gone too far.
0: Man, it creeps up on you. All you heteros have the advantage of like the the other person has an entirely different body, so you can't ever be like look like you can't ever be like intimidated or like aware of it. I think that like one of the things that at least for me, I first became really self conscious of in like a same sex relationship is being like, well, hmm, eh, maybe I should do some squats. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe
1: I should uh, pull my own weight here a little bit. Um, that's very sweet of you to imply that you think me and Grace don't have the exact same body because we can wear <laughs> each other's clothes pretty successfully.
0: <laughs> uh- it's
1: very convenient.
0: He's funny, Elliot. You should come back. Thanks. You know? Yeah. Well, I before we get into the heart of this uh Ooh. this this analyze. Thank you. I appreciate you letting us analyze you for a bit, Elliot Morgan. But today we are gonna do more than just analyze. We are going to discuss a little bit of our common shared interests, not that of Grace Helbig, but that of um Sigmund Freud. So look forward to us talking about things. We're back in, everybody. How did uh, how did let's let's quickly go over how each of us prepared for this very serious episode of Analyze This.
2: Uh, I would like to say, as all of our listeners know, our beloved earbuds. I watched a fictitious, uh, supernatural um, sort of uh, uh, a series about Freud's life on Netflix, which was um, completely based in reality.
1: Wait, I think I I think I watched a little bit of this it's like in Austrian or something
2: it's yeah it's in it's actually I think it was um, filmed in Austria which was yeah pretty impressive
1: I watched like 10 minutes of that and was <laughs> like I don't know what this is and it's not it's not that good <laughs> did you like it though is it good?
2: um I did explain to Hannah it is not a good show it is not a good show however it is a great show you know what I mean just okay. like. I mean, I just like binge the whole thing. I now I have a crush on Freud.
0: Hold on. I just downloaded a picture of Freud. This is clearly the most important part of the day. Hold on.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Let me, you're probably Elliot,
2: out. you're gonna understand why I watched the whole show as soon as you see this picture.
1: <laughs> oh, really? Okay, great. Maybe I'm yeah. thinking of something different too. Because mine might have been a movie that I that I turned on. But also,
2: I really th- I love I mean, I think any other language is Sexy, I guess. Uh, and so it's just Freud speaking German the whole time. And I was like, oh, my goodness.
1: You think any other right. language is sexy?
2: I would
0: say most most of them. Yeah. I mean, I don't know all of them. Have you have you heard Icelandic? Oh, yeah. Uh, they speak over there. It sounds like people are talking backwards. I'm, mm-hmm. tu- I'm turned on just by you saying Icelandic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it does roll off the tongue, right?
0: <laughs> well, Hannah studied linguistics, so. Oh, yeah. Oh, cool. um, everybody, if you go to the chat, you'll see a picture of hot Freud
1: wow yeah i don't know what this is what an uncomfortable image uh
0: (laughs) it's freud in a bathtub (laughs) just
1: staring at someone why why is he so angry in the bathtub
2: oh it's just a (gasps) series of brooding looks that's kind of what the show is i would say sense
1: it did it get you into freud though or were you already well
2: you know i had a basic i I took psych 101
1: (laughs) more than me i wish it did
2: So it does really go into his ideas and how he's considered like a crazy person at the time and how I guess in, you know, mid 19th century, people didn't really know about the unconscious at all. They thought all problems like mental problems were due to physical abnormalities in your brain. So it got me really curious about like the history of not just the history of like The subconscious, but the history of the study of the subconscious. I
0: love finding
2: Mm. out the crazy shit people thought was true, you know?
0: Not that long ago. It's really shocking. If you look at our advancements in in quote-unquote science and, you know, uh, psychology and even the study of the mind itself, it is interesting that the, the beliefs that we initially had, which were mainly based on the physical features of the mind and like that everything was like that there even was a thing as a normal mind state and not just a series of interwoven parts. We are, in this post 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 freud (laughs) in this post-Freud world, a little bit returning to that because we know more about the functions in the mind and, like, the pathways, you know? Like, some some might attribute, like, being able to, you know, use meditation or EMDR and these different ways of rewiring ourselves to having left the study of the physical alone, you know, gone into the Freudian study of the, the social... And the relationships that inform us. And yet we are returning to the physical again with this newfound information so we can even better care for ourselves. Oh,
1: I'm getting excited. Now I'm getting into yeah.
0: Yeah, i get into it. Yeah. I don't know how
1: to funnel it into I don't know how to funnel into a vocal podcast, but my I'm like, yeah, it's the idea.
2: I still yeah. I appreciate just the energy though. <laughs> well, what I'm very curious about too is I know Freud has, Freud, okay, he's considered the father of psychoanalysis, and he came up with all these theories, but I'm not sure which of those are still considered to be applicable to modern day, like, but it's so interesting that he is so firmly entrenched in, like, the Western consciousness, like, I think people still think, like, oh, yeah, no, he invented all that stuff, but... I don't think he did, actually.
1: <laughs> it's kind of, yeah, my understanding, which is based on, you know, YouTube videos and Wikipedia. And one of my, the podcast I do is called The Fundamentalist, which is with a guy named Peter Rollins, who does have a doctorate in this stuff. And we also Ooh. lived together for two years, and he wrote all these books, and he is really... Brilliant!
0: Wait a minute! Wait a minute! You're not the one with the doctorate. Isn't that crazy? (laughs) Get
1: out of here! (laughs) Isn't that nuts? But uh, I do. However, I did study zoology in college, so I have a bachelor's in uh, zoology, which had an emphasis on evolution. And the thing I like about a lot of the psychoanalysis stuff and the way it's similar to the the evolution stuff is like there's no spot in the brain that is your subconscious. There's nothing you can like physically point to, but based on people's experiences like subjectively and then also just what you see all throughout the world, it seems like everything points back to an unconscious and specifically the kind that uh, that Freud talked about. Because my understanding is that Freud in his early work was like, you know, it's all the cigars, penis and everything's phallic and your mom's, have, you know, all the edible stuff. But then later he shifted more toward like a a more nuanced version of it. And then Jung came along and Carl Jung was like a student of Freud for a while. And then he and Freud toured America. And when they did, they, they said, we are bringing the plague to America basically by bringing the studies of the psycho or the unconscious over there. But it's a good plague because it can set people free and, and, and Mm. make them not necessarily obsess over being happy all the time. But then Jung shifted to being a more like he started viewing the unconscious i guess as like a positive thing so which some people still do so i feel like it's like an offshoot a little bit from freud but freud basically Mm. to my understanding disowned jung after that because he was like you're not getting it like the death drive and the unconscious is not there to like make you feel good necessarily and so I, that's my take on it. And then there's Lacan, and Lacan is the French dude who came after Freud. Do you know about Lacan?
0: Oh, yeah. Lacan, mirror theory. Lacan is a really great because he comes in with, like, the self-awareness approach. Mm-hmm. And then there's, like, Adam Smith comes even later or around the same time as Lacan. He's talking about vicarious experience. You know, Ooh, I don't know what that so is. So it's, it's stuff that's basic to us now. You know, oh, cool. But vicarious experience. You watch a trapeze artist jump. And you feel a jolt. Oh, you know, yeah. Oh, we watch great, yeah. Two couple. We watch a couple kiss at the end of the uh. movie, and we feel passion. We, so it's vicarious experience as part of um, human nature, because that's our way of relating to each other, which is why people who are racist lack the understand that hu- they literally have dehumanized another race in their eyes, because they don't receive vicarious experience from watching them whoa are you but uh, are you sure they haven't just like completely repressed it i don't know i think it's like empathy i don't know there's like if i if there had been an uh, if i could run a secondary track alongside this life i would be back in school studying empathy um as my focus dude it's not too late to do that buddy i gotta feed i got so many households i gotta (laughs) feed like i don't know man i i I, I, I mean, so you how don't am I gonna, have to
2: do it right now. I'm just saying, like, that's to, that's to, not out of the question. Okay, wait, I'll something something came up for me while we were discussing this, and I feel I must say, was it, it
0: Carl? Was it Jung? Ex. Freud. One thousand percent, yes. You know
2: that's out there. I mean, how fascinating is that? Wouldn't they? What would they think about if they could like read someone's fanfiction of them?
0: Freud would be all about it. Freud would be all about it. He would be like, oh, yeah, this makes perfect sense. Mm. It, except, okay, guys, maybe one of you, or I, I'm curious for your thoughts. Does Freud have abs? The adi-
1: <laughs> He's an adult. Of course he does.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's, he's grown. He's fully grown. He's in his yeah. 30s. He's the hottest he's ever been. <laughs> he spent um, all this time in a desk smoking and doing <laughs> cocaine. I mean, that's yeah, what makes abs. <laughs> literally. Yeah, as far as I could tell. What I was going to say is that, oh, it was this. If Freud's so smart, how come the Oedipus complex is so poorly named? Because Oedipus, the idea is that we're all attracted to our parents, you know, your mom or your whatever. But Oedipus gouged his eyes out when he found out he slept with his mom. Oedipus was very upset about this. It wasn't like he was like, mom. But I think maybe I know? think it
2: was like the inevitability, the like the fate aspect it was like he didn't really, he didn't want to do that, but he had no control because it was like his destiny kind of to do that.
0: Oh, you know? so you're saying Freud drew from that. I mean, honestly, a, I think he might have just been it. like, mm-hmm. oh, does he
2: fucking mom? Yeah, I'm going to use that, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I,
1: I think, too, that I don't know anything about the the Oedipus story, I guess. I don't really know any of those those Greek stories.
0: Oh, the myth? Oh, but, well, you yeah, get some tragic shit.
1: Yeah, my, uh, I've, I've had many conversations about the whole thing about Freud because it's a hard pill to swallow. Like I love talking about this stuff, but it's really hard to get past the, the, the mom stuff. But my understanding of it, or at least the way I justify it to make it feel less gross is uh, the, it's like when you're born, you feel, you know, at one with the, the universe, you don't feel like you Mm -hmm. have any kind of separation and then you have the mirror phase where you differentiate yourself but then because of that and then you learn language and then you start seeing yourself through the language so there's always this gap between what you are and what you or what you perceive to be and what you actually are and that creates this this unconscious anxiety and this like mm. feeling of never being whole that you can't really ever uh get back to which is less gross but more depressing <laughs>
0: more depressing than the reality that you'll never actually achieve symbiosis with another human being physically, except for the time you're in the womb. I think we glanced over it, but I do want to inform our listeners just really quick about what the the mirror phase is, which is Lacan talks about this version of self-actualization where you look, you know, when a baby sees themselves in the mirror, as opposed to just a figure, but sees themselves in the mirror, recognizes there is an eye. This is a me. I am a thing in a world. That is uh, the study. Yep. Whereas a dog sees a dog in a mirror and thinks it's another dog. Yep. Hey, we don't know that for sure.
1: <laughs> it's true. Some of them. Some of them for sure. I mean, sure. some,
0: Some yes.
2: I believe that my, I believe my kitty knows that she is not the image in the mirror. I did not say cat. I said cat. <laughs> <not. laughs> oh, silly me. <laughs> Um, wow maybe it is true that we're born. you know that's so interesting we're born and we don't know we're separate from the things that we see and then we do learn that and then the depression comes in and the neuroses and then we spend our whole lives meditating and like taking mushrooms and going to peru just to feel that oneness again
1: Yeah, I mean, you're probably right. But I do think to spin it positively and further convince myself that what I'm saying is a a nice thing. uh, I think that when you when you recognize the inherent disconnect that's in you from the get go, it makes it easier to deal with the the rest of life because you can take everything a little bit lighter because you can know, oh, you're never. I actually am working on Well, I'm not working. Well, I am working on. I just finished Today. The first draft of, um a film called the, with a co-writer named Helen. And we wrote a movie called the genie of unconscious wishes, which is basically about a guy who gets a divorce or it goes through a traumatic thing, loses his job, blows off some steam in Vegas. And he ends up, you know, coming face to face with a, a genie who says he's going to grant all of his actual darker desires. And it's all based on like Freud and Lacan. So I won't Whoa. go into it. fucking
0: love it. Huge fan. Huge Real fan. Dark. I love it. In- invite me to the premiere. I will. Yeah. Uh, let me play it. Let me be a cashier in a scene. Absolutely. I
1: know which one will be perfect. But uh, I, I finished it and I was like, it's a dark comedy. And I'm going to say that it's a dark comedy. But I'm like, this is some, this is too, too dark. And it's also, I love Vegas. So it's a very fun thing. But uh, it's been nice to write it because I've been able to learn a little bit about the Freudian stuff. And it's gotten a little mm-hmm. bit more.
2: So in this movie, is he like, I want a million bucks. And then the genie's like, got it. You want to enslave other humans. <laughs>
1: You're oh, not. You're nice. on the right track. Yeah, it's- that's
0: brilliant, Hannah. You're totally right because it's your it's your deeper conscious right? conscience, right? Yep. I will say just quickly to touch on the disconnection connection element of this, as someone who has been coping with the reality of mortality since birth, way back in. Birth, basically. (laughs) Ellie, I don't know if you know this about me, but like, and Hannah and I used to live together. We've been friends for over a decade. I was caught up in existential woe just like from the get go. Like I was the kind of little kid and you could see it in pictures of me as a child where I was just like, death, it comes. Death,
1: but why? Each of (laughs) us. Yes.
2: You're like, I don't want (laughs) to take a nap because I'm afraid I will never wake up. Yeah.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So, but in in adulthood, I'm happy to say that I've actually reached a turning point with that. When you think of the time spent in the womb and you're physically connected to all that you know, which is such a magnificent thing to really like hold in your mind. Everything went down from a
2: hill for me post womb.
0: Well, Hannah was premature. She says that's probably why she's single. (laughs) Oh, I blame all my problems on. I was 10 weeks early. Oh 10 weeks God. early, you could have been married by oh, now. Oh, fuck <laughs> that. You been divorced. You could have been 5'10. Yeah, Elliot's been married and divorced. <laughs> yeah, yeah, get, way get with the
1: program. I did it the correct way, 100%. <laughs> yeah, jeez, <yeah.
0: laughs> yeah, Louise. But, you know, so the magnificence of this thing, which is being in the womb, which is that you are physically connected to all that you consciously know, all that you perceive is one with your physical body, right? When you're born, it's not that that changes. It's that you are now elevated to the point where you are your own being within a vastly physically connected world, <gasps> within the universe. So the universe is a giant womb. The universe is a giant womb. We are made all of the same matter.
1: Yeah, I think I'm with you. <laughs> and listen, this is a, that's a hard, that's a soft agreeing. Because I think... <laughs> I think it
0: took me 33 years to get to this point where I'm like, you know, what about super consciousness, which is where I'm at today. It's that and
1: that's where mushrooms come in. Thank goodness for them. Uh yeah, <laughs> that uh that feeling that the anxiety of the being the, you, the like you were saying before the meditation stuff and like the things you can the do the reconnection.
0: All the things we do to try and reconnect Yeah, to I ourselves.
1: It's so It goes back to, like, the evolution thing and it all kind of being similar in the sense of, like, or or if mushroom use or something like that, like, it can get you back to that place a little bit. But even if you look at, like, on an atomic level throughout the universe, there's contradiction and there's antagonism at the core of just atoms. Like, they're all over the place. They're vapor, basically. Nothing's – they never really touch On the flip side of what you're saying, I think I think that might be opposite of what you're saying, but it's also still pretty cool because it means that like literally anything, any direction you go at some point, you're going to have to learn to exist within this kind of tension. But moments like that where you like can actually feel connected, that's so beautiful. That's like the best thing.
0: There's a TED talk given by a woman who is a neuroscientist who had a stroke and was able to analyze the experience of shifting between left and right brain in real time during her stroke. I don't know why it escapes me now. It's one of my favorite pieces of of all time. So, I will send it to you after this to observe. We're going to take one last quick break and then when we come back, let's talk about mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's interesting that we are going to talk about mushrooms. I have a book that's kind of all about this that I have not read yet, but I want to. It's called How to Change Your Brain by Michael Pollan, I think. And it's about kind of how, yeah. If you're like, well, I've done talk therapy, I've taken meds, I find myself in the same patterns over and over and over again, kind of the next step is mushrooms. Why not? <laughs> Just fast you know- track.
1: Throw it all in, just see what happens. Do it a la carte, you know. Just see if it do meditation therapy, then you've it's like leveling up in a video game where you just you earn it. You get enough points, and then you're allowed to do a mushroom. Uh,
2: dose. Yes, actually, my one therapist I see said that he thinks in the next like ten years we'll be able to buy like prescription micro doses of mushrooms. The only reason. Yeah. The only
0: reason that like earth-based substances like mushrooms and cannabis haven't, aren't a part of the apothecary of pharmaceuticals. Apothecary! Apothecary! (laughs) um, Is because of the pharmaceutical industry and what was well-intentioned regulation, okay? So it's like, okay, if we, you grow mushrooms, you actually don't know the chemical composition of this piece of organic matter. It's grown. You don't know what ratio of psilocybin which is the psychoactive or the transcendent effect with the onset of pharmaceutical drugs you know it's like we can tell you exactly how much is in here and provide that to you in a safe and measured way well i'm sure they're also like we
2: don't want you to be too okay because then you're going to stop buying our drugs (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. oh yeah
0: that's a big part of it. So, Elliot, um, let's talk about the, the psychoactive drugs. Uh, do, have you ever taken mushrooms? And what was that like?
1: For well, you? Hannah, thank you so much for asking. Um, <laughs> I have taken mushrooms before. I've not taken a ton. I've not, I haven't done, like, the massive doses that people sometimes do. It scares me. It always intimidates me. I treat it as much as I can with respect and, like...
0: Fear. Yeah, another word for fear? fear? Intelligence. Yes. Yeah, oh, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> I, yes.
1: There's always that little ball of nervousness when I do it, but I feel like it's, I've never had a bad time on them. Um, I've probably only done them a few times, maybe three or four in my life. But That's um, very
2: encouraging because I've heard like, whatever you're feeling at the moment, you know, something like that will just amplify those feelings. Or if you go in nervous, you're going to be anxious. And then I'm like, well, <laughs> then yeah, uh, I'm not do it then.
1: <laughs> yeah. Cause like I have to be, relaxed otherwise i'll feel bad but that makes me yeah it's like don't think of a pink <laughs> elephant type of deal
0: right but we live in a culture which is like un- un- are you uncomfortable here have some alcohol mm-hmm. it'll destroy your body and deplete your mind yes. enjoy you yep. know
1: and it will do you no good in the long run uh,
0: <laughs> no good but mushrooms basically act, um, Hannah, just a little bit of like the the science behind them is that they're a little bit like a serotonin reuptake inhibitor, like an SSRI, which is why. So like I take SSRIs for depression and it actually makes it so that A, I don't want to take like big doses of mushrooms because you could have something called serotonin syndrome, which is dangerous, but B, the the trip, the like psychedelic wavy seeing colors trip isn't really possible when you're on SSRIs because I already I already have a reuptake inhibitor at play. So if you want like the whoa of it, you, you gotta like wean off your SSRIs. Man, first. you know,
2: I just have this uh, foolish belief that my brain is like, no, no, no. I want to see a sailor moon walking on a rainbow and I'm gonna override all of that and it's gonna happen.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean. But anyways.
1: So Hannah, are you, did you, when you, have you taken, or do you mind if you, have you?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've taken mushrooms. And when I took them before, like uh, years ago, I had a very blissful effect because I, again, I'm a big believer in microdosing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't like to be like, how far will this get me? Um, we differ there. <laughs>
1: yeah. I'm a little bit <laughs> reckless.
0: Yeah, but you're like a 6'2 white guy. What's the world going to do to you? I'm a tiny baby girl, (laughs) big, strong. I mean, you're covered in abs, man. Like you have so many abs. My arms now,
1: too. It's crazy. They're
0: so strong. (laughs) But just the natural hesitation of a petite little Hannah. Um, So it's been a very blissful experience, you know, as imaginative, creative people. It's nothing. For me, that, like, really staring for a long time and, like, really letting go can't achieve, right? So, if you, like, really look at an orange or, like, really look at your hands, like, you can start to trip yourself out in your own brain, (laughs) right? So, mushrooms are basically kind of a shortcut to that with what I've never seen with, like, hallucinatory effects, question mark. Elliot, have you hallucinated? Is that scary? It sounds scary. Listen,
1: listen. Okay. (laughs) So... I've had a couple moments on the mushrooms where I have been a little scared. There was one time I remember specifically, I was in a pool, and I remember after taking it being like, this will be fine and fun, and I got it figured out. And I was trying to have deep thoughts because I like to think I'm a deep person and I was like, I'm going to. Okay.
0: Yeah, that's the first step to deep yeah. thoughts. Let me think Yeah, deep. let me try to be smart.
1: Uh, <laughs> and I've talked to, uh, with a few people before. I've never experienced anything quite like it, but it felt like I was actually punched in the brain, if that makes any sense. Like, it felt like I was being, for lack of a better term, kind of bitch slapped by the, <laughs> the drug. And I was like.
2: Like, it was like, stop trying so hard. It's
1: exactly like that. And it. it <laughs> I've never felt put in place by my own, like, brain.
0: Like your, yeah, your own, like, your brain being like, oh, my God, Elliot's here, guys. He's trying to have a moment. And it was very much a thing
1: of, like, you need, the thought, and I guess this is, like, what people, because I grew up in the church, and you would always hear people talking about, they hear the voice of God, and it was such a distinct voice. It was very different from their own. It was a separate entity. And the thought that I had that did not feel like my own was, like, Something along the lines of, you need to just stop and relax and chill. And I was, whatever that was, maybe it was my own thought, maybe it was just me, you know, talking to myself a little bit. But it felt so foreign and it was so strange And then I had a great time. Like, after that, it was great. But that feel it was like a physical thing of like, whoa. And even just describing that, that sounds so, like, hippy-dippy. But uh, that was really cool. And then one time I took it, and I think I entered into a a reptilian underworld for a second. But besides that, I've had very normal experiences.
0: (laughs) I think he's saying he's a lizard person, and he knows where the gold is. (laughs) I
1: am not a lizard person, but I think I was amongst them. (laughs) No, I'm not saying that. I'm joking. But there was, it definitely was like... I'm not supposed to be here, kind of, uh, kind of feeling. And mm, feeling. It's just oh. a cool, like for me. I try to treat it like a adventure, and uh, sometimes, specifically this year, life gets kind of morose, and it's a nice vacation for me to take. But I feel like having that mentality is important because a lot of people don't, and then they freak out.
0: Yeah, I mean, substances are substances are a shortcut, you know. And what I think it's kind of important to note here is that you know, monks who enter into deep trance-like meditations, people that, you know, you you enter so deeply into your mind that you leave your body, those kind of experiences. These are all che- uh, things that an individual can achieve of their own volition. But yeah, we're not going to drop everything and go study in the mountains and meditate and blah, blah, blah. So we use these shortcuts, right? To Shortcuts to help perforate that edge, yep. choosing to perforate your edge, being like, What is reality? Let's poke some holes in it. Yeah. Just a little, bit. And just to
1: feel like I don't think it's a, um, I I don't know. I think it's a very personal thing because I don't want to come off like it's a, like I'm a proponent of them necessarily. But I guess for me, it kind of, it's helped a lot. Especially, I think also going from, like I was deeply Christian and then the mushrooms sort of harken back to that feeling as a kid of like, last time I did, I got I got excited to like read the Bible again and like get or like at least the New mm. Testament, the Old Testament, not so much, but like the new I was like, this will I want to dive back into this. And it felt like very welcoming as opposed to all the mm. baggage I sort of put on it as a result of of my past.
0: Spiritual oh. hunger is a very natural thing to feel. Oh, that's a nice and term. the the formation of man- yeah, spiritual hunger. Yeah. The formation of man made religion has stepped between us and achieving nourishment for that. By making uniform, organized, control-based, power-based religion to organize how you feed that hunger. But the urge itself, the spiritual hunger, is very human. It is what we search for. It
2: sounds like the mushrooms could be, it's almost like kind of a reset button. Because what I would say, when you had that experience where you had like a thought come up, that was just your like very inner, true, Self, soul—that's always there and like never changes, you know. But it's mm-hmm. so covered up all the time by like huh, puberty happening, and then everything goes downhill, and then you develop all your neuroses.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: And I'm also talking about myself here, but to remember that that's there and get in touch with it—that sounds like yeah, it's nice. Yeah, yeah. it's uh,
1: it's. I think it's most of the time a very beautiful experience. I've never done like acid or anything like that. I know a lot of people talk about those and it, that
0: I'm not into chem. I'm not into man. I don't trust the world of men. (laughs) Um, I will say another massive, massive disclaimer that when experimenting with any psychedelics, leucidens, et cetera, if you have a history of psychosis in your family, if you have been on antipsychotics or have had difficulty knowing your realities in a shared reality with those around you, if people in your life have disagreed with the reality that you believe to be true, um, I would say you really should stay away from hallucinogens um, and psychedelics of any type because it could uh, tip your scale, as I like Great to point. say. Great
1: yeah, point. Yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, yeah, I don't know where the line is between being like, this stuff is the coolest stuff ever, and also being like, <laughs> but be safe because like, right. I, I want to harp so much on the good.
0: We are fools. We are fools. We'll do something um, until it kills us, right? Yeah. So that's, that's Amen how to that. Are. <laughs> Hey, and I think there's not a better note to leave it off on. Um, uh, Elliot, thank you so, so much for being here. Uh, we'd love to have you back in the future. You have been just such an incredible analyst. this guest. Let's give him a round of applause. Oh, thank everybody. you. Thank
1: you so much. Thank you so much.
0: <laughs> yes. And mine, really, really I'm just great. applauding the abs.
1: Yes, right thank now. you.
0: Just abs in general. Just <laughs> the wherever body. they are. Freud's abs. <laughs> To Freud's abs and beyond. Elliot, if people want to find more of you, uh, where can they find you out and about? You can the internet? find me
1: at Elliot Morgan on uh, Instagram. And that's kind of the only one I think anybody really cares about. If you want to follow on Twitter, you can find <laughs> me. Uh,
0: uh, uh, how, how do you spell that?
1: E l l i o t t m o r g a n. Thank you for asking.
0: Oh, there you go. And um, as always, if you are a big fan of this podcast or if you like it at all, please share it with your friends, you know, and if you have the ability to do so and you'd like to support the podcast, go ahead and head to patreon.com slash analyze this. But honestly, sharing it with your friends is great. Maybe do that.
1: I will. I'm going to do it. And if you're listening to this, (laughs) you should do it. And then we'll have something in common. In addition to the fact that we're probably both going to agree that mushrooms are cool. (gasps)
2: Yes. (laughs) Bringing it back to the womb. Yeah. (laughs) We're all connected.
0: (laughs) We're all connected. So connect with us online on social media. You can find me at Harto across the board on all of your favorite platforms H A R T O. Or you can find the beautiful, wonderful, sensual Hannah (laughs) Gill over at her very sexy Twitter, (laughs) Hizzle. Indeed. I think my most
2: recent tweet was what's up with um that <laughs> that's good
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what let me just let me just see what your most yeah, recent it, tweet was. okay i'm just gonna look it up real quick this is all very uh necessary parts yeah of i it.
1: have gotten to a place where with social media where i'm like i don't care at all so i want to get on twitter and be like just start tweeting these like hey wh- what why is it <laughs> and then right. just let it go
0: uh, shockingly enough, your most recent tweet is "I'm rewatching Sailor Moon R, and it is so good." <laughs> Sailor Moon never gives up, and what a beautiful note to end on, everybody! What an important message! What an important thing to remember in times such as these. Amen. Times such as these. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for being here. Thank you to our earbuds for listening, and we will see you next week. Uh, bye bye. Bye bye.